things in HR tech that ever happened. Um, so anyway, good luck with all of that. Um, so anyway, we're live, everybody. Welcome to Brain Food Live on Air, bringing it to you every week, no fail. It is episode 237. We're nearly there, folks. Uh, this is the penultimate one uh, for the end of the year because we're going to finish it off in um uh next week um we're gonna take a two-week break um because it makes no sense to do a brain food live during the holidays because even i've got better things to do um than to speak to you lot so uh so yeah i've got two more to go for this year so thank you everyone for watching tuning in supporting sharing broadcasting and all the rest of it it's been fabulous uh to be with you um and we're going to continue with our series looking back on 2023. Uh, this is episode three, um, and we, we're going to look back on, let's face it, the most important uh, tool that all recruiters need to use. It is LinkedIn. What has changed in 2023 with regards to LinkedIn's content, with regards to the content you need to get uh, viral on LinkedIn, what's happened to the news feed, what's happened to the search. Um, and we've got two of the leading industry uh, experts to come and join us for this. That's Andy Foote, who's going to talk to us on the content and the branding side. Um, and we've got Irina Shamaiva tuning in from California, I believe, um, who's going getting up early, as she always does, um, and talking to us about search and what the changes have been uh, when it comes to finding candidates. It's going to be great, folks. So if you want to learn more about what's happened in LinkedIn this year and just get a bit of a, a sense check as to all of the changes that have occurred, uh, this is the show uh, for you. Irina is already there. That's crazy. Uh, get some sleep, Irina. Um, but no. Um, okay, let's do some sound checks before we get any further. Uh, I want to make sure everyone here is okay. I'm really confident in the new mic and the new audio we've got. So let me know in the chat. If you're watching this on Crowdcast, whether you can hear and see me okay, or at least whether you can see Adam also. Um, we should be live streaming this in multiple places. Um, uh, my LinkedIn, several other people's LinkedIn's. Um, so let me know if you're watching this and you can hear me okay on LinkedIn Live as well. I had a disaster on LinkedIn yesterday, by the way. Um, tried to do something. Um, I set up a, an event in a new way. On, and I think, link, I think you mentioned, Adam, LinkedIn actually went out for about 30 minutes didn't it last yesterday or something um and i was caught in a loop you know when you try something and the the platform goes down and when it comes back up it's still trying to do what the thing is what you were trying to do and i was just getting blank screen um not happening not working please refresh page all this kind of stuff all day um so it was in there all right it looks like people can hear me okay and it's all fine which is all well and good Cool, cool. Um, all right. Um, well, before we kick into the uh, main part of the show, um, we have to thank our sponsors. As always, folks, every single week, uh, Brain Food Live has been sponsored in 2023. This week is no exception. Um, and it's been one of our new sponsors um, that have done it this week. Uh, a really interesting company um, called Pinpoint. Um, and if you recall, the survey I conducted in 2023 about the most popular ATS um, uh, that people were using, Pinpoint were one of two companies that did not get a negative rating, not a single one. Um, everyone who did rate it, the company rated it as one of the best uh, in the marketplace, didn't get a single uh, detractor. And I've been keeping an eye on them ever since. So it's wonderful that they're helping um, support brain food uh, this year. But hey, let not don't allow me to talk about Pinpoint HQ. Um, uh, uh, sorry, should I say? Because we've actually got a CEO uh, of Pinpoint dialing in from Jersey, and he's going to tell us all about it. Um, so let me just uh, invite Tom on. 
Um, and it'd be wonderful to have a chat with Tom, see what he sees uh, the world to be and um, you know why he decided to enter uh, this crowded space and seemingly had some amazing early success. Um, it's actually a question I'm going to ask in a poll um, to come um, because I do wonder whether um, 2024 will be a year where a lot of companies might be thinking of changing their core systems. Uh, foundational work might become uh, to the fore if the operational growth isn't as aggressive as it has been. So I do wonder whether people are thinking seriously about changing and upgrading on ATS. There's Tom. Uh, Tom, wonderful to see you. Wonderful to meet you, actually. I don't think we've ever had the chance. So great to see you, man. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, really appreciate the opportunity, guys, and keep doing what you're doing. Great stuff. Tell us about Pinpoint, man, because it's such a fragmented market. I think I read there's something like 5,000 ATSs out there, like literally trading right now. The recruiters are using it, and I'm thinking, okay, do we need another one? Then you guys emerge, and suddenly people are raving about it and saying, you know what, Pinpoint seemed to have something here. Uh, what, what got you started on the idea of Pinpoint, and what makes it good, uh, uh, Tom? Yeah, no, thanks. Uh, and look, you're right. It's a super fragmented market, lots and lots and lots of people trying to do the same stuff right and I, th I think a lot of people think it's very commoditized i think we we sort of think we do things a bit different right so so what why did we get started um i i this is my fourth business i had an absolute miserable failure at the beginning and then two sort of easy learning experiences and sort of realized um a i'm not that good at engineering but i'm reasonably good at kind of organizational design and team building stuff and so thought there was an opportunity to productize that um in, in terms of the the market opportunity we're not here to poo-poo other ATSs, right? There's some folks doing awesome stuff at different segments of the market. I think we try and do kind of three things a little bit differently. I think first and foremost, customer experience is like super, super important to us. And everybody says the same crap there and nobody loves a sponsor message either, right? But like our average response time is 46 seconds to a customer query and that's averaged over six years. Uh, and I think we work with lots of organizations that I don't know, like we work lots of organizations that um, are used to having ATSs throw technology at them and hope it solves the problem. I think we kind of understand there's a lot more to it than that, which is why we work like working with folks like you guys. But yeah, like customer experience and customer success is super important to us. I think we try and think of three different types of stakeholders, right? Rather than just focusing on the recruiter, although that was obviously our core audience, we try and build tools for hiring managers and for candidates too. And we think that we can kind of extend our tendrils into more of the recruiting ecosystem and then lastly we just care about design right we've we've had the benefit of watching others play in the ats category for decades now and we think we can kind of move a little bit quicker than those folks and sort of learn from their lessons and, and take something a bit different to market yeah fantastic and it's going to be very interesting as well because i think one of the ways in which we could solve candidate experience issues is of course to find a way to enable candidates to figure out where they're at in their sort of process uh, we know the predominant reason why candidates are upset um, at uh, recruitment experiences is because they they put an application in, they just do not know where where that's gone. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously someone knows because it's in the ATS. So is, is there a way in which, um, you know, they can actually interrogate that and figure that out? So, so yeah, very interesting to see that journey um, uh, that uh, ATSs in general might go on, and uh, but also pinpoint um, as you might go forward. Um, okay. Add go ahead, uh, Adam. Go ahead. Yeah, quickly add something that I don't, I don't really believe, like if you can order some food and you can go onto Uber Eats and you can see literally where on the road your driver is with your food, why can't we see where we are in an application process? You know what? This tells everything we need to know about your dietary choices, Adam, because uh, it didn't occur to me no, at all uh, no, about this. Um, no, but you, but you... <laughs> I don't cook. 
I don't see anything about my dietary choices. I'm not having fish suppers. <laughs> no, but you're right. Like Uber, like Uber, for instance, like one of the things that that solved is solved the mystery of where the taxi was. It literally yeah. showed you the map and it tracked you. So that solved the anxiety issue about is this thing arriving? That type of experience needs to come into recruitment um, on the job seeker side. No reason why um, it wouldn't. Um, it's a consumer well, service. It needs to it, be treated like a consumer service. Yeah, and 2024, by the way, folks, is going to be such an important year for CX because of the amount of uh, job applications that are out there are increasing, the amount of um, uh, competition for opportunities is increasing, everyone feeling economic anxiety as well. Uh, so anybody who nails the CX, I think is going to be in good shape. Um, okay, Tom, listen, uh, how do people find out more about uh, Pinpoint? So, like, where do they go? Yeah, so pinpointhq.com, all one word, uh, is the best place to start. There's loads of content in there. Hopefully some of it's useful, even if you're not interested in buying an ATS right now. Um, and please reach out to me if you ever can. I'm on LinkedIn. My name's in the picture, right? Come come find me. We'd love to chat. Um, yeah, it'd be great. And, and Tom, you, you do have, a, you you do have an amazing... Yeah, you have an amazing second name, Tom, so I didn't want to even risk it. But can you can you pronounce that for me, please? Yeah, good effort there. It's Hackwell. Um, just like ha Hackwell, right? But... Um, yeah, no, I, I am still very easy to find. Um, and yeah, just just basically come find us on the website. We'd, we'd love to engage with you in, in some form. And the other thing I'll say is like, I, I saw Bob in the chat, you can track your pizza, but not your job application. It's just like a really nice, concise way of summarizing the conversation you just had. And I think people, people sometimes think that stuff like this is just for recruiters to kind of listen and learn. But like, actually, this is how we shape the product, right? And so like, just being here and listening to this stuff is super helpful. Thanks for the chance. Yeah, that's a great one-liner by Bob. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat that. That's 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 uh, marketing collateral for somebody. Um, um Tom, uh, really great to see you, man. Hopefully, we'll get the chance to chat soon. Hang around for the rest of the show. It's gonna be really interesting to see what recruiters think about uh, LinkedIn this year. So, uh, great to see you, Tom. We'll catch you later. Sir. Cheers. You know what's going to happen? Everyone's going to start building these maps with, with you know, like a, a visualizations as to where people actually move in the in the candidate funnel. I think it'd be great. Um, you know, why does that exist? I need more and more inspiration from the consumer technologies that everybody uses in their everyday. One hundred percent. Okay, before we get into it, Adam, let's review the newsletter real quick. Um, did you read it? And if so, what was interesting from last week, mate? I did. Um... I saw the. I saw that. I can see. I can hear already. What? No, I can see the head. No, no, no. It was fine. I mean, the, the. I thought I'd got the wrong newsletter. The first couple. I thought this was Gen AI brain food. But um, once I once I got past the, oh, the forty the forty uh, bits of brain food about generative AI, I found some good ones about recruitment as well. Um, so the top top TAs receive a ninety percent response rate. I mean, I I this was for engineering hiring. I saw the headline, I was like, not again, this same subject. But actually, when I went into it, I thought, yeah, no, this is pretty good because it goes into a bit of detail. So um, what it's recommending that you do or what it's, it's telling us that the top performers, this is for outreach, first stage outreach in mails or whatever to, to potential candidates, specifically in engineering, but it applies to everybody, I think. Um, the percentage of people who are referencing the candidate's profile get, that get a much higher response rate you know, is, is very high. Also, those that are representing, um, that, are, that are talking about specific details of the job get a better response rate. Those who are discussing the next steps and what the process is and what the person needs to do rather than just a vague, you know, are you interested yeah. kind of thing. Um, 
And then the percentage who, who start with a general greeting, like, I, I hope this message finds you well or some crap like that, you know, they get a very bad um, response rate. So, yes, it's good. Liked it. Yep. Good report. And by the way, Core do a wonderful job of publishing this stuff. Um, uh, they, they don't have a massive marketing team, um, but they, they, they really pull the data out and explain what it is. Of course, I think 90% is a big number, but that's like people within Core. So these are candidates that are kind of semi-active, so to say. Um, so, so the caveat on, on the, the big number there. But some of the tips, I think, are just solid, irrespective of whether you're in a talent marketplace or you're just sending out on call. It's like you have to follow up. You have to be personalized. You have to tell people what to expect next if they say yes. Like if they say, yes, I'm interested, like what does that mean per se? Um, you know, Give them some indication as to what the process will be. Basic stuff. You look at it again, you think, you know what, this is recruitment 101. But how many, how, how many, the most important lessons are the ones that we, we've forgotten? Um, so have a look at that. I've read it. I've just shared it in the chat stream there. Uh, make sure you uh, you avail yourself of that. And indeed, a lot of the free content that is on that uh, website. Okay, cool. Give us a couple of a couple of others, uh, Adam. Yeah, Indeed's um, Indeed's hiring lab um, produces a, a trends report. So the UK trends report came out, and um, it was quite doom and gloom about jobs in the UK. Um, but what I found most interesting was the categories of jobs that have had the most sharp decline in postings over the 12 months up until about the end of November, I think it was. Um, the top one was loading and stocking. And I'm not entirely sure what that means. Is that stocking in a shop? Is it loading things into vans? I don't know what it is, but that's down 93%. Is that, that is a post-COVID thing. If, that, if that's down 93%, and that's the jobs that I just said. That's definitely a post-COVID thing because pharmacy was number two with, with um, postings down 80%. So I don't feel like, I think, I think that was a little bit, um, what's the word? Like um, not really representative of a consistent pattern for those kind of areas. But then there was other things like construction down 70%. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about uh, you know, the housing shortage and the government's, I'm not going to make this a politics show, um, again, like I sometimes do, retail down 55%. That's, I, I do get that because we are getting a lot more delivered to us. Hospitality and tourism down 55%. Is that because there was a massive spike in 2022? Probably. Really interesting report though. Well worth a look. Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn, uh, sort of not LinkedIn, but um, uh, Indeed's Hiring Lab do an, another company that produces good content. So um, that uh, segment in particular is just designed to try and pull stuff out of, of Indeed and, and, and trim out to us. Uh, of course, again, the context is these are jobs posted on Indeed, so it's not necessarily indicative of everything that's out there. Um, but it's useful to just see what, what the trends of posting activities are. So uh, do check it out. Uh, don't be uh, overly concerned about doom and gloom. There is a seasonality to this as well. Of course, most people are switching off uh, towards the end of this year. So, um, so the, the, there's that kind of uh, context. Um, but uh, you definitely want to bookmark. It's a, it's a good source for, uh, for general market intelligence. Um, cool. One moment. Adriano Herdman's 90-day blueprint for... You're a new, you're, you're TA leader into an organization. I think it's mainly startups it's for. You're the first uh, TA leader into the organization. You're the first TA person into the organization. 
here's your first 90 days in a blueprint, just a kind of simple little graphic. First 30 days is audit, second 30 days is implementation, third 30 days is setting things up for scale. Love it. Yeah. Simple, uh, great stuff. And uh, he, he, really, he produces loads of good things. I, I didn't realize that he did. I think it's the first time he's been featured on the newsletter. So I'll definitely keep an eye on him in future. He, um, he does. Because this, this type of content is just like gold dust simply because it's it's chewable immediately. It's snackable. It's one pager. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, uh, a, a kind of a canvas where you can just see all the elements in one shot. Um, and if you're starting a job in, in the first instance um, and you want a checklist, you could do far worse than, than this thing that um, uh, Andrew put together. So, uh, uh, so yeah, do check it out. Really, really good. Um, okay, cool. Let's get into it, uh, Andrew. So should I say? Um, let's bring on Andy, uh, Andy Foot straight away. Um, uh, without further ado, you and me are pro users of LinkedIn. By the way, we're fairly active. I think you're you're posting every day these days, right? Um, I'm posting regularly as well. Um, uh, and so I think, but I don't think we're technical experts. We're probably just like super users. Um, let me ask you a question, actually, uh, 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 Adam. In terms of your experience, 2003, how would you d d describe how LinkedIn's changed for you? Um, what have you noticed? Uh, uh, or how have you adapted your uh, uh, your behavior from what you think is, is is the case? I mean, I've got different goals from the start of this start of the, start of this year. I started this year as an executive at Isims, and then spent half the year unemployed and started a new company. So I've had completely different objectives throughout the year. Um, one thing I have noticed is the last few months, probably the last three or four months, engagement absolutely tanking. Um, and like, that's a, that's a bit of a, that's a, it's been a problem for me. I mean, I've said it on here before, I think. Like at the beginning of this year, I would get re very regularly, I'd be getting like 5,000 views on things that I'd post on LinkedIn every day. And now I'm getting maybe 1,200. So, I mean, it's really, really fallen off a cliff. Um, that's the biggest thing I've noticed this year. Yep, yep. So engagement in, on LinkedIn, has that actually gone down? Uh, friends, let me know in the comments what you think on this. Um, has LinkedIn, in your posting and your behavior on there, have you noticed that engagement rates have fallen? If so, uh, let me know in the chat. If not, also let me know in the chat. I, I think they, they did tweak it in, in sort of middle of the year in terms of how they kind of recorded things. Again, Andy's going to correct me on the timeline on this. Um, and that basically reset the numbers. So I'm not sure whether engagement per se has changed other than perhaps um, the how they count it. Um, but yeah, it seems that you do have to work harder um, and, and you do have to kind of do different things. I wonder whether overposting might be a thing as well, um, you know, the, the frequency of posting and all that type of stuff. Uh, but anyway, let's get uh, Andy Foot on. He can tell us all about it because, you know, this is definitely something that he knows more about than us. Um, so hang on, there's Andy. I'll just grab him before chat gets rid of him. Andy Foot, here we go. Boom. I really I'll bring you on um, in uh, when Andy's come off, okay? Um, yeah, cool, cool, cool. I think Andy's based in Toronto, isn't he? I think he is. Let me ask him. He's based um, in Illinois. Is he? Glencoe, Illinois. I thought he was in the Canada. Um, well, so it's very close to Canada. Okay. Well, you've only got Wisconsin above that, and then it's Toronto. Surely he can be more accurate with that. 
Where, where are you based, Andy? Are you in Canada? Or, what, or? Why, why on earth did you think I was uh, in Canada? What WTF, huh? Seriously, no. You visited, <laughs> you visited me. We've had, we've had tea in Glencoe, <laughs> Illinois. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. Although, let's make that happen. That sounds like an attractive proposition for 2024, um, uh, <laughs> Andy. Um, but listen, Andy Foote, wonderful to see you. You probably need no um, uh, introduction, but let's do that anyway. Um, Andy, quickly announce who you are and what it is you do for a living, please. Yeah, I'm on, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and my name's Andy Foote. Amazing. There he is. Um, you know, I, I run a, I run a, a micro-community. Uh, called Optima Blue, and I've been blogging about LinkedIn for the last 10 years. I've got 54,000 fucking followers. Big deal. No, but it is a big deal. And it's not, not, on, it's, it's not only about the follower count. It's also about your kind of engagement, with, and not only your own research, but your engagement with other people that are deeply into figuring out how LinkedIn operates. So I think a lot of people that want to get better on LinkedIn in terms of view count, in terms of you know profile improvements and so on, uh, do pay attention uh, to uh, to what you say. So uh, let's not understate uh, what you know about it, Andy. Adam, can I just add that Optim Optima Blue sounds very, very much like a vaping product, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to go buy thanks, some Optima Blue. Adam, thanks for pointing out that I should have come to you for branding advice before uh, finalizing that. Yeah, appreciate it, brother. Uh, no, but Hung, your point is is, is absolutely uh, bang on. It's not just me. It's me standing on the shoulders of others, and we're all bringing info into the mix and trying to figure out what the heck's going on. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, LinkedIn don't tell us what's going on. So we need people like you as almost like the scouts into the in, into the uh, the kind of the wilderness to figure it out for us. Um, so from 2002, sort of 2000, end of 2022, 2024, uh, 2023, last 12 months, what would you say have been the significant things that have happened on the platform as far as you're concerned? So LinkedIn, in their defense, would would say that they do tell us. But from our perspective, it's too general. Uh, they tried to explain, you know, what was going on with the algo in a few videos, and it was so basic and just totally unhelpful. So they're unwilling to show us the, you know, what's actually happening. And perhaps they don't know themselves. But the biggies for me, Hung um, and Adam, uh, and, and there were a bunch of changes. You know, LinkedIn changes weekly, uh, but most of them are, you know, in the minutia category. But the biggies for me uh, are collaborative articles, uh, the AI, uh, the AI thing that we're seeing, and we we've seen it, uh, you know, for a long time. Not just this year, we've seen it, for example, in the prompts uh, that you get if you're not quite sure how to say something in Messenger or or via a post. Then we got those prompts, so that you know you could look upon that as AI. But the AI proper is uh, via the collaborative articles, where if you engage in that, if you do that on a consistent basis, you get these badges. Uh, these sort of uh, trophies, which then fade away. So they want you on that hamster wheel uh, if you're into getting those badges. Uh, I can talk more about on, that. Go on. ahead. I yes. didn't know that. I didn't know you got a got a uh, like a a little cookie online, like a digital cookie to keep you. Dude, keep you, uh, no, 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 no. Please don't downplay. It's a top voice, which you can imagine is pissing up, pissing off all the other actual top voices that have worked uh, so very hard and spent lots of money greasing the pumps. No, they haven't. Top voice is a different kind of top voice. Yes, indeed. So there's this 
there's this bastardization of the original top voice. But you can, you too, ladies and gentlemen, can be a top voice if you plug the gaps of these collaborative articles, which is essentially AI generated to start with. Uh, pretty dry, pretty boring. Hopefully accurate, but who knows? And then you plug those gaps with your uh, your 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 expertise. Uh, and by doing so, other people get to vote. Adam does that. I don't just give him one of the five reactions. No, no. I move all the way along to the reaction bar. I give him an insightful because I'm trying to tell him, Adam, I'm doing more for you than 98% of those other people voting for that badge of yours, son. I'm going to give you the insightful. Uh, yeah, so... Go ahead. On that, on that note, it makes sense to collaborate. Folks, have you been invited to contribute to a collaborative um, article on LinkedIn? Let me know in the comments if that's happened. I've been invited, but I've never actually done it. Uh, but it's probably a mistake because I'm thinking now if I had actually written like three, three lines or whatever, um, I would be on an article that LinkedIn would probably amplify everywhere. I'd probably get a massive boost in terms of follower count or whatever. And maybe maybe it will help give me some algorithmic gains in some way um, in the sense that, you know, next time I post something natively, LinkedIn might, you know, give me the, the, the great favor uh, of giving me a couple of extra uh, views on this. Um, is, 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 does that make sense or am I just speculating completely off piece here? No, it makes complete sense. I mean, the other thing to point out about collaborative articles is that the, by dint of the fact that there are articles, uh, they'll be indexed on the World Wide Web. So you get that extra uh, publicity, too, that you, you know, you wouldn't get with posts. So it's it's cool from that for, from that perspective. I think at this stage, Hung, people are doing them because, frankly, they want to try them. It's a relatively new feature with new features on LinkedIn. Generally, LinkedIn wants them to succeed. So you may get a little boost in however, in whatever it is, whether it's followers, whether it's um, increased traffic on your profile page. Uh, apart from, you know, the external indexing and the badge, there may be some added benefits to doing it for sure. Visibility is certainly there. You know, people yeah. will see that you are have con a contributed. Will they read it? Will they pass it and think to themselves, wow, you know, Hung knows his shit. Uh, who knows? Yeah, and basically, there's no reason not to. Um, and if you have an interest in drawing more attention to yourself for whatever reason, not a lot of us do, business reasons, etc., it makes sense to do it. If you're job seeking, absolutely do it um, because you know you need more eyeballs. So I, I can totally see this as a valuable thing to get involved yeah. with if you've got uh, something to say. Um, yeah, Adam, go ahead, uh, Andy. Yeah. Um the other thing that um, sort of along the same lines, but is is very recent, is uh, LinkedIn have very kindly started to give us newsletter analytics. Uh, so that's uh, previously it was uh, yeah oh yeah. Um, so this is a this is quite 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 good news and uh, quite a biggie. Um, previously, you know, it was minimal. We managed to see a long list of subscribers, which is horrible. Uh, but now we're getting analytics very similar to uh, what we'd get with posts. So uh, we're getting we're getting trends. So you can see article views. You can see new subscribers over the last 7, 14, 28, 90 and 365 days. Uh, that's significant if you are invested in newsletters on LinkedIn. So newsletters are just a string of articles. They're under an umbrella called a newsletter. Uh, but now we're actually able to see uh, what the hot ones are, right? How we're performing over time in terms of additional uh, getting additional um audience members uh, as well as those uh, those 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 trending um analytics so that's that's very cool check that out I, i'm about to ask like where do you actually find this because i'm a prolific newsletter writer on linkedin i've got a clue about yeah this. Um, so it takes 
it takes some hunting around, but getting to go into your newsletter uh, and then start clicking around and you'll eventually find the analytics uh, piece of it. That's the best advice I can give. All right. Wow. Go there and click. I can't believe I haven't even investigated this. And I'm up to 143 newsletters on there, so I should really know. Um, but I don't. Um, okay, listen, folks, are you setting up a LinkedIn newsletter? Because I think everyone's got the right to do this now. Um, I, I know uh, people are saying, well, there's how many newsletters out there? Yes, I know. It's, it's a bit of a bandwagon-esque. But my opinion is you probably should do it if you're running a business or you're trying to get your voice out there. Um, why not is my default position on most of this stuff. Um, so have a think about it, particularly if you are, um, have, have an interest in, you know, extending your audience and extending your, uh, your reach in any way, Adam, you got, yeah, obviously you're upset. So go on, say uh, look, I mean, why not? You said, why not about set up another newsletter? If I was you, then of course a newsletter, but I'm not going to set up a newsletter because there's, there's enough work newsletters out there. However, I have just looked at a post that I put on LinkedIn three hours ago. One thing I have noticed my engagement has absolutely been tanking. Um, but certainly, if I post like just a couple of sentences, it gets a lot less views than if I expand the you know, rich content within the post itself. Um, but I've just looked at one that I posted three hours ago, and I thought it was OK. And it's got 348 views. And like there's an image on it. It's, I, I, I mean, that's terrible. I might as well not have bothered, you know, posting it in the first place. However, so it's you, got two reactions. Are you, are you but, upset with this, basically? Um, I'm very upset. I'm very upset with this. Yeah. Um, but my, my question for Andy is, um, I mean, do, do, is, it, is LinkedIn rewarding people who are posting, you know, a lot of details on specific things because it's aiming to capture as much data as possible for its own generative AI? I mean, it's that that's that's possible. Uh, what they've told us, right? I can't speak for LinkedIn, but what 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 they've told us, uh, there was a big interview, Adam, with Entrepreneur.com on June twenty sixth, and it was Dan Roth, Alice Zong, uh, Zhang, and Jason Pfeiffer, the editor uh, of uh, Entrepreneur.com. It was a podcast, uh, and Jason wrote about the podcast, and there were there was there were eight takeaways from me. Um, and it was the, the key ones were related to the algo. So the latest algo change is designed to encourage value content. Uh, and that be, that was implemented around May, June, which kind of ties in with what we've seen in terms of, you know, our content tanking. And it's not, it's not engagement, is it? It's, it's the views. If you don't get the views, then of course, you're not going to get the, the engagement. You've got to have people actually looking, seeing Right. Not just seeing it in their feed, but clicking on it and then engaging on it. As I've said many times before, a great piece of content that is read in silence is a shit piece of content because it needs to have engagement. Even if it's the best piece you've ever written and you've invested so much time and effort, if you get one reaction uh, or, or, or just three comments, then no one else sees it because the algo, as far as we can tell, is looking for engagement as a positive, one of the positive signals, right? If not the positive signal. Um, so, you know, it grounded and, and value, encouraging value content. What the heck does that mean, right? LinkedIn throws out these terms like value and it doesn't then tell us, okay, here's an example of value or specifically, Adam, this is the kind of value that your network, your audience will appreciate. 
and gives an example. Or looking at the past six posts, right? These were the high value, these were mid value, and these were low value. Doesn't even have to tell us, frankly, but if it gives that kind of categorization, then we have, uh, it's more science than art. Um, so what else did they say? They said that um, the LinkedIn algo looks at both the user's profile page, uh, the topic, and the type of content. So it's looking to see whether or not you are indeed the expert in the stuff that you're putting out, all right? If it's not, if it's related to rugby, right, or your kids, uh, or, or, or anything to do with the festivities, upcoming festivities, not, not relevant as far as the algo is concerned. If it's related to setting up uh, a recruiting company at startups, et cetera, you're talking about that? Yeah, relevant. So that's part of the mix. Um, what else? According Actually, to by Alice, far, so, yes, go sorry, ahead. By far, the most engagement I got on any post in December was a was a post about rugby. So there you go, there you go, right? So it's seriously, I mean, that's great. So what they're telling us is not is not matching in real life. So that's a problem, isn't it? If, because then we are we are completely confused. So you're saying us, you're saying we've got to produce content that is. A, is, is primarily has some value to it, not going to define value. Then they tell us that they have seen an increase, a 40% increase of people consuming content grounded in knowledge. Well, what kind of knowledge? No, is that knowledge about rugby? I mean, again, knowledge and value, we need more of a steer. We, 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 we don't have a guide. And now what LinkedIn have done is they've created our engagement between, by, between 30 and 40%, and it's the new norm. That's what it is, folks. Regardless of the why, uh, that's what it is. And so, you know, I've taken, I've paused. I've pressed pause. Um, three months ago, I went all in to LinkedIn Audio. I started a micro community, Optima Boo, at the beginning of this year. Right? The next stage is newsletters. Oh, you're giving me analytics? Great. Uh, that's, that's data I can use. I'm going to do more long-form content or perhaps only long-form content until I figure out what the hell is going out on with, with, with short form. Um, other things you could do, you could do trending topics. So you could, you could essentially get into the, the, the graces, the good graces of LinkedIn news editors, where they will do this amalgam of, of, of posts. And if you're featured in that, then great, you get visibility, okay, for, for adding your, your, your voice and your, your content there. Um, so those are just some of the tactics that I'm using now that posts have become this um, rather barren uh, uh, ground. Yeah, so I think basically uh, everyone's agreeing a little bit on this. It's bit, engagement wasn't as it was. That doesn't mean it's disastrous. It just means the new bar's been set. Um, and we, we've got to calibrate back on what that means. Um, I think one of the key points, again, this interview needs to be one of the most important interviews I think probably we've seen this year, um, which gives the windows to how this algorithm works as it stands. Um, but the idea is um, it's going to connect your profile data with what you're posting about. So that's actually important because it means you need to go back to your profile and, and give it an audit and make sure that you're actually, you've got terminology in your profile that reflects what you're talking about today. Uh, Adam, you're talking about your sort of situation changing over the last 12 months alone. Um, so it might be the stuff that you had in your profile 12 months or so ago, no longer exactly what you want to talk about now needs a tweak. 
Um, so I think that that ability to, to go back and, and rethink as to, you know, what are the key topics? I think you can tag what topics you care about, for instance, and then you've got to just lean on those um, when you go uh, and talk about it. So uh, that is very, very interesting indeed. Um, okay, Andy, um, you, you talked about some of the things that were interesting, worth trying, um, touching on just a little bit. Um, things like video, uh, rich media, audio, creator mode, um, any significant things that have happened in 2003 on those aspects, non-textual stuff, basically, um, on uh, on LinkedIn? Yeah, so collaborative articles was um, the biggie. Um, if anything, they've taken away. So uh, they've taken away the headshot video. If uh, anyone has spent time investing in putting on this, um, uh, you know, whatever it was, 20, 30 second opportunity to uh, to impress slash inform on your on your photo, you could click on that. It would play automatically. They took that away, um, so that was in the that was in the negative territory. Hung. Uh, they haven't really done anything that is non-textual uh, that I can think of. They have they have uh, done more on the security side. So um, you'll you'll perhaps remember that we lost um, uh, um, a bunch of followers uh, and, or connections, and that was because they said they went through and decided who was hibernated, uh, who was fake. Um, and, and so, uh, or, you know, no longer active, whatever. Uh, so they took those away and they also, um, they also offered verification by clear in the States. Uh, mm. and it's called, uh, it's called something else Hold on a second. Uh, it is called persona in, in, in other countries, but 40 countries so far, they're expanding that. So these are positive signs in terms of keeping, uh, or, or improving, uh, you know the, the the quality of the platform in terms of members are who they say they are. Hopefully, active. Um, what else? But nothing on nothing really on the content creation side, my friend. Um, the other thing that I I didn't mention that you know is on my plan to do, and I, I encourage other uh, content creators to to do too is. If you're not already doing it, LinkedIn is not the only channel. Clearly, it's an it's a very important channel, certainly in my mix. But others, for example, content is content. So if you can if you can transfer your content uh, type uh, and 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 certainly you know if it's high quality and it's getting engagement, then think about other channels like YouTube, uh, TikTok, or text channels, which increasingly are now audio and and visual channels like Medium, Substack, uh, Ghost. So other places for just because LinkedIn has um, you know created in terms of engagement and hung's right it this is the new norm but it's not gone away completely you still have an opportunity to shine and to to build uh do consider these other channels where if if it's simply a matter of reposting without having to spend much time repackaging it then you should be doing that yeah excellent stuff um andy i could speak to you all day um but i don't want to keep you kind of uh, uh on any further unnecessarily because it gives us an uh, opportunity to bring you back early next year to forecast uh what is happening for linkedin in 2024 um but always great uh to have you on the show uh folks do follow andy um if you just want to get like ambient uh, updates in terms of how LinkedIn actually uh, works at the follow itself is going to give you a couple of pluses on that. So uh, Andy Foot, uh, uh, great to see you. Uh, let me take the opportunity, by the way, to wish you all the best for the uh, holiday period. Um, okay. uh, and uh, I'll see you next year, mate. Lovely. Thanks very much. Love to see you both guys.
Very cool. Very interesting. And again, this is just gold dust. Uh, by the way, uh, Adam, I, I read your post, and you know what? I don't think it's actually very good. Um, no, no offense. Um, but it was, it was, it was kind of like, um, it was, it was just basically uh, talking about poetry, which is fine. Um, but it was like saying, "Hey, this is great," and then you know, there d- didn't seem to be any like, like, what am I meant to do with that other than just accept that you've said it was great? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. Regar- um, regardless, I've written much worse posts than that, and, and I, I get a lot more impressions. All um, right, guys, do do everyone a favor, jump onto Adam's LinkedIn and his last uh, last post, and just give him a few view views. That's gonna help him feel better for the weekend. Um, all right. Um, the, uh, the by the way, as we're doing this, and before we bring Irina on, we want to make sure that before we come off air, we all kind of are able to continue this conversation. Um, uh, uh, even though Brain Food Live comes off air, uh, the only way to do that is to make sure you're connected with everyone else who cares about this topic. Uh, so take a moment, grab your LinkedIn URL, share it in the chat stream if you're watching this on Crowdcast, wherever you're watching this on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, wherever. Um, share your LinkedIn URL in the comment thread there, and then just connect to everyone um, who you see uh, do the same. Uh, you're going to walk away 20, 30, 40 new connections, which is going to basically help you uh, get all the visibility and, and 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 good stuff that we talked about before. So uh, take a minute and go ahead and do that. Okay, let's um, get Irina on, who's going to give us a different angle on what is going on with... Uh, LinkedIn more on the Just search side here. Yeah. Go ahead. One thing that I, I, I am I am pretty certain you despise as well, and I really despise it, is the way people have resorted to tagging 30 people on their post in order to get honestly like some just untag myself and some of them I just mute the mute the discussion. But I know that that's a bugbear of yours as well. It's a new form of spam, isn't it? Um yeah. where where People are just begging for for you to amplify, begging for signal boost, and it's like you know what? I'm not quite sure. I'm I'm, I'm interested in doing that, um, and it is a, is a pain. And if you do do it, you end up sort of just being in a massive notification like um, avalanche because every time something happens, you get notified. It's it's annoying. Um, so yeah, please don't do that, everyone. It's it's not good. Um, do you know what? I reckon Irina might be might have to give a talk because uh, source two ai is on right now um and i do wonder whether she has to no she's here let's invite her on make sure that um make sure that she's there by the way um there's a really cool conference happening right now um uh Sosu are doing kind of a last minute um ai focused uh, conference and uh, everyone who's everyone who's kind of getting involved in uh, uh recruiting sourcing and ai um, it seems to be giving a talk there. So it looks fantastic. I've not had t- time to tune in, but uh, uh, if you do get the chance, it's probably well worth uh, checking that one out. Um, oh, there she is. Good morning, hey. Irina. Hey, how are you? I'm very good. You look very cold, Irina. Are you okay? Uh, you're in California. How's it? How's it I'm in California, California, so I have very high ceilings, and California is not supposed to get hot cold. And my heating system is a joke, you know? Oh, no. Anyway. So, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're cold in California. This that's that's, that's, okay. that's a hor- um, sounds horrible. So uh, let's talk about LinkedIn. And I see David Galley in the audience, Mike Santoro, Joseph Kaldek. If you want to add your voice to whatever we're discussing, uh, please do so. Uh, and we are talking about LinkedIn search and data, right? 
100%. I'm going to share your LinkedIn URL in the comment thread. Obviously, everyone should know Irene. Just follow Irene. It's going to help you out. Um, okay. Tell us what you know. 2023, so the last 12 months, what has happened on LinkedIn search as far as you see it, Irina? So one thing that happened uh, uh, in, uh, we're talking about skill-based searching, right? Everybody is talking about that. Uh, what happens on LinkedIn is, so recruiters go on LinkedIn, everybody types the same search, uh, filling out a lot of stuff, finds the same people. We find about maybe 10% of people on LinkedIn. Uh, engineering wants us to find more, okay? So they've decided, let them find people who did not put stuff in the right places. We'll assess profiles and assign skills to people, okay? So they assign skills in the ways that A, the person enters themselves, uh, B, they're in the keywords, C, they are in an attached resume that we cannot see. Uh, and the funniest thing, if your uh, connections have a skill, they assume you have it too. Imagine that. Okay. So now it results in this. Search for, for example, the word JavaScript. You get very comparable numbers of results. So it doesn't make any difference. Keywords versus skills. And skills is a massive thing. Like, suppose a skill was pulled out of a resume that you don't even see. What do you do with this? <laughs> I see right? what you mean. So basically, there's, like, skills adjacency. Skills um, is everything. And yeah. very, very interesting. Like, you know how many people have skill lazy? Uh, like 30,000? So it's, it's a very interesting thing. Um, on the other hand, so there was a big push for that before a... I mean, there has been some AI rolling in, and then there was the announcement that now we're really doing AI, which makes me concerned given the state of LinkedIn software. So they want us to find more. LinkedIn recruiter has a severe bug where we're not finding 15 to 20% of people who work at legitimate companies, point to their company on LinkedIn, and are not found as employees of that company, are not found by any company size or any company type. An example is Ford Model Company. Okay? Why, so, why is that, Irene? What's your theory? Thousands of people, because LinkedIn is clueless about interpreting the data. Okay? You know how LinkedIn assigns seniority, for example. If you're an executive, uh, an assistant to a CEO, it will give you an executive level of seniority. It happens across all the things that LinkedIn calculates. Now, uh, you can avoid using uh, seniority and function, which I highly recommend, uh, because they just, uh, as soon as you select any value, uh, like function or seniority, uh, first, you will be finding the wrong people. But uh, most importantly, more importantly, you won't be finding senior people, for example, or executive people, because LinkedIn uh, failed to categorize this data. Okay, So it failed to categorize somebody who works at Ford Motor Company. It, it fails to categorize somebody who would be a senior hardware engineer. LinkedIn doesn't know their seniority. Yeah, and then uh, we are oh. arriving at AI. How can AI 
be, uh, you know, dropped on top of this mess where like elementary QA has not been done. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's it's really bad. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, and, I think uh, just so not, not, my... not to defend LinkedIn in any way, because um, uh, obviously I've got no interest in doing that per se. And also I, I, I'm not a technologist, um, but I think part of LinkedIn's problem is uh, obviously a lot of the data on LinkedIn is being inputted by the, the users themselves. Um, and they're trying to force it into a taxonomy um, that is obviously, it, it wasn't there before the users had actually input it in. So they're trying to infer what the user means and they're trying to, you know, stick people in various places. And, the, and you right, can, and they're doing a very good, bad job. Now, I think if LinkedIn threw away completely all of their software and gave their data to AI, to chat GPT, they could build a brilliant product. They're not going to do that, right? They would build a clean product that would have good and AI is extremely powerful. What I, happens? I'm gonna yeah. Sorry, go on. No, go on. Go on. I'll cut you off. No, no, no. I, uh, another thing. Uh, so I've been talking to uh, Dan Reid on LinkedIn Recruiter. He's been awesome, but we've spoken last this year. He's busy. Uh, uh, and now I'm talking to somebody else about job recommendation. So uh, I, I did not introduce myself. I've worked in recording since 2003. And uh, um, recently I started drawing with AI and I love it. And I put a part-time job on my profile that says that I'm doing drawing. Now LinkedIn recommends jobs for me that are image specialist. Okay. Uh, so I get recommendations for image specialist. Now, Image specialists, in fact, are not graphic designers, which I could be. Uh, maybe I will, you know, I, I'm starting a new career. I'm not an image specialist because image specialists are medical workers. They work with x-rays. So I'm getting a recommendation for jobs for x-ray technicians. It recommends that I learn fluoroscopy and something else. And then it says, people with your skills most often apply for this job. You know what the job is? Uh, like pulling cards at Whole Foods Market or something like that, like minimal wage jobs. These are LinkedIn's job recommendations. You know, read the articles. LinkedIn is so ahead of everybody. Uh, it, it will tell you, uh, I mean, just ridiculous. No, Adam, you've got some experience of updating your profile recently, haven't you? And didn't you get a bunch of um, recommend job recommendations that were, 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 were kind of off beam? Um, no, I've, I, I, I added, like, I've invested in a couple of companies this, this year and I, I've just had, I mean, on, honestly, somebody, somebody actually emailed me, found my email address and emailed me asking if I'd be interested in, um, investing in their, it was something to do with artificial bull insemination or something like that. Um, but anyway, I, I, I probably shouldn't have added that to my profile, but the, the thing I was going to say earlier was, the question was. I, I would love to be sitting in a product meeting within LinkedIn. And on one hand, Irina said, <laughs> utterly clueless and hopeless. On the other side, I just wonder if every single thing that the really experienced sourcing community leaders like Karina think is clueless is actually completely deliberate because they make more money out of it. Every single thing they do. No, 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 no. no. More money. And no. not aiding 
people to be able to find all the candidates with one click? No, it's uh, it's very disorganized organization. You know, the code base for LinkedIn.com and LinkedIn Recruiter and Sales Navigator are completely different programs right now. You know, when you write code, which I used to do in my past life, you try not to repeat the same same thing twice. You don't do cut and paste. Okay. Yeah. LinkedIn is three different code bases and they don't know how it works. Very few people within LinkedIn know how it works. I tell you, I tell you they, why. They're not doing things deliberately. I don't think so. No, I, I they, don't. They want to I, do things well. Yeah, I, th I think it's not deliberate. Um, and here's how it might, they might get away with it. And again, we're not ragging on LinkedIn here per se. LinkedIn is so huge is that it will still give you enough results no matter how broken the search is. Most people may not be aware that there's a, there's a problem. It's like, okay, I've got my results. It seems to be working. Um, and they can kind of cover it by the volume of data they've got access to. That doesn't necessarily mean it's working well. It simply means they've got like a billion profiles on there. That therefore, they can serve you something. Um, and that may disguise the, uh, the the kind of brokenness of the system. And as it just rolls on, uh, it will never get fixed. Obviously, it's also 24 by 7, 365 per days per year product as well. So there's never a time um, when you can pull this down and start from scratch. Uh, go ahead, Irina. There is a silver lining. I asked Dan, and he told me that the Boolean search will not be removed. Okay, so tell us why that's important, um, uh, Irina. Because when you do Boolean search, you can type Ford Motor Company into the company field and you will find people. If you do not do LinkedIn selections, if you do not do what LinkedIn has calculated, you will find all those people who you're not finding by selections. You can do, if you do not use LinkedIn calculated filters like seniority uh, uh, function and so forth, if you do not use LinkedIn selections for companies and job titles, that is the most powerful way to search. And LinkedIn Recruiter does provide a pretty good amount of, uh, you know, filters for that. Okay, so, so I, I what mean, was uh, happening? Go ahead, uh, Adam. Yeah, just re that's good to know. Uh, regardless of that, I'm assuming that you would still recommend the best way to search LinkedIn is through Google rather than within no. LinkedIn. No, no, no. 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 Oh. Tell I mean, nothing beats LinkedIn Recruiter. It has 36 filters. Come on. <laughs> uh, there are things that I would search through Google. For example, LinkedIn Recruiter does not search in the education. People have great grades. Uh, none of LinkedIn systems search there, okay, or in recommendations. I had a project last year for kids with good grades in Europe uh, in computer science. I did it in Google just because of that. Right, hang on. Let's run through real quick. Um, basically, what, where, what is if I'm going to search people's profiles um, uh, on on using Google X-ray, which elements are, are better uh, to, to 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 search via X-ray than is within LinkedIn itself? So you're saying education would be one category, recommendations would be another. Yeah. Um, so, David Galley, if you're there, you can give people a list. So uh, we have it in our. Uh, materials that we teach. Uh, education, recommendations, important thing, locations of your past jobs, none of LinkedIn systems search for that. You cannot find people by searching uh, for their past location by keyword or in any, in any way. That is x-ray. 
uh, actually can do tricky things like headlines, but we know a secret LinkedIn operator that also can do headlines. But there is a number of ways to become very specific in X-Ray. You know, in X-Ray, we're searching for pages. All Google knows is titles, uh, you know, URLs and content. But because of the way LinkedIn works, and Mike Santoro has contributed to that, as well as David, uh, we can be using special operators to exactly find certain things, including headline. We can be searching for, um, what else, Mike? What else is there? Uh, the re oh, another problem with LinkedIn that has always been there, and we discussed this with Dan, but he refused to make the change. Any change is expensive, of course, is that people don't close their past jobs. Therefore, the statistics is inflated. You're getting the wrong profiles. You're searching for staff. You're getting managers who forgot, and so forth. And uh, it would be great if they allowed to search for the last job. It would make all the difference in, in some ways, but no. Okay, so so we're coming to the end of the of our time, Irina. So just a quick summary. Basically, what we're saying is um, uh, LinkedIn's Boolean is going to stay within LinkedIn, which is good news because we don't want to go down a system where basically you need to just put lang natural language input and trust that the results are there. Um, how, the filters uh, are ineffective generally uh, because, number one, um, they will eliminate relevant candidates um, that you might want to see. And also, more, perhaps more importantly, is that everyone else, the, the bulk of recruiters would still be using the filters. So you, you're fishing directly from the same pond, even though um, uh, there may be uh, really viable uh, candidates uh, within the same product um, that could be found by a non-filtered search. And there's certain parts of searching um, different profiles, uh, different parts of the profiles, if you like, um, that you're better off searching off-platform via LinkedIn X-Ray. I think all of this tells us that actually sourcing is still going to be a thing. I mean, uh, I, I know a lot of people <laughs> are very keen to, to say, okay, AI is solving everything. But the reason why it won't just yet is simply because the complexity of these inefficient systems, it's still going to be more efficient uh, to, for, for recruiters to get trained on how to interrogate inefficient systems than it is for someone to build an AI to try and figure it all out. Um, so, so yeah, it's interesting to know uh, where we're at with this. And I think sourcing will re re remain um, a very high premium skill um, in 2024. Okay, we've got a couple of questions and I'm going to go to them real quick um, because I think they're worth answering. It's David Galley here, actually. Uh, <clears throat> let's say you want to build your follow on LinkedIn. You put your con content in a newsletter, article, or post. Um, all focus on one area, different strokes, different posts. I'm going to answer this one myself. I hope you don't mind. Um, but I would say post is generally the best way to generate audience simply because it has the biggest reach. Um, a newsletter typically just goes to people who've already followed you. Um, so you're not necessarily going to get much further. And in fact, more people are going to read the post on the newsletter than the newsletter itself. So you might as well write a post. An article alone, generally pointless. Um, so post for, for sure. Everyone should set up a newsletter. That's my opinion. Um, whether you post or not, you should just do it. Um, and articles, forget it for the time being. Um, okay. Um, the next one I cannot answer. So, in fact, it's directly addressed to you, Irina. So, you're going to have to answer this one. Um, Irina, can you help understand how DEI pieces work on LinkedIn? How does LinkedIn recognize who is male or female? Is it based on pronouns users entered? If so, based on data from 2023, only 20 million out of 1 billion people have pronouns mentioned. 
or is it scanning random data? Is it doing name recognition? How do how does um, uh, LinkedIn understand gender? I mean, does it understand gender? Can you do some sort of gender filter on LinkedIn? I actually don't know, but yeah, go ahead. No, I'm you cannot do Thanks, a Sorry, gender now. filter. It's not official, right? What? Thank you. I'm I've got to go. Bye. No oh, worries. Bye. See you later. Aaron. Good to see you. So uh, you cannot do, obviously, a gender search. I'm sure LinkedIn knows uh, the gender for... 99.999 profiles and you know uh, come uh, join our course on diversity there are uh, things like uh, women's names uh, as trivial as it sounds is an excellent filter uh, why yeah. is it excellent because it has very few false positives and it covers in the us it covers like almost 90 percent of the population there are other things to talk about linkedin absolutely uses the same things inside and people can also tell uh, it our demographics but there, there there is no i don't think there will be any diversity search on linkedin no i i, I think what where diversity emerges is um on linkedin recruiter if you do a search and it generates let's say a uh, a, a a single gender dominant return um i do believe it'll recommend it'll flag it up to you say hey listen You've done a search and actually it's come up 95% female. Um, uh, maybe if you did this, this, and this, you could kind of do more gender balance or something. Um, I think that feature exists. Um, but how does it know that? It, it probably names. I mean, how else would you know? Um, Come take our class home. <laughs> hey, you know, I think it's, it's indicators, I, I, right? It's names, I, I, it's she, her, it's uh, finished school. All right, Jose is saying facial recognition. I think, yes, in future, but I highly, uh, highly doubt that they're using that right facial, now. Facial uh, works pretty bad for uh, people with darker skins. There are many issues there. So Yeah, yeah. I think in future, maybe you'll correlate a bunch of things, but it's got to be first name, second, first name, and then pronouns as, as the second thing, um, as the signals of gender, which is obviously not accurate. I'm not sure it's not accurate, but... Uh, not not perfect, um, but it's as good a proxy as we can get for the time being. Um, okay, cool. Listen, Irene, I could speak to you for ages. Before I let you go, um, okay, nice. What were you were you kind of involved in the social AI thing? Um, uh, were you involved in that or not? Yeah, yeah. Can you give us a quick overview? Like how how was it? I missed most of it, so I'm really disappointed. Oh, you shouldn't have. Uh, it was great. I must say that I missed some of it. Uh, but some talks were really great. My own talk was about imaging, if you let me do that. So I presented imaging as, well, first of all, if you want to draw it's like this, but then it's how AI algorithms work, zero shot learning, interesting stuff. I, I think you should watch the videos, huh? I, I, I learned a few things, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to dive in. I start giving you tips, but we're very out of time. No, we're out of time. And actually, uh, Oleg kind of very kindly gave me access to a ticket. So he had a freebie. And I'm going to go back in and take a look at some of the videos for sure. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. I think basically it's, uh, it's, it's a collection of some of the, the, the leading experimenters, if you like, that have been advanced in using different AI techniques uh, on the sourcing side um and and yeah really great that that's been put together okay listen i gotta say goodbye to you irena wonderful to see you i hopefully i'll see you soon i don't know when that will be um but uh but yeah we'll uh we'll get you back on on screen in any case um so we'll keep it virtual can't be in person. thanks everyone uh, take care irena
Okay, folks, um, that is it. Um, we're going to have to let you go. Hope you, if you've enjoyed uh, today's look back on 2023 on LinkedIn. It is a tool that we have to use. And to be honest with you, without it, it's going to be a desperation measure. So I know we like to critique uh, something we, uh, we we use every day. Uh, but let's not forget, it's a game changer in terms of how it's changed re recruiting in general. Um, uh, the aim of the game is to get better on LinkedIn. So um, both of the, the folks that you saw today, Andy Foot, Irina Shemaiva, um, they both run courses. They're people that uh, are professionals at training recruiters in how to get better. Uh, you can obviously partake in that. But even if you didn't want to spend any money, just go follow them because um, they post a lot of content for free um, and you just get a lot of learnings um, uh, from following those. Okay, folks, we are finished. We've got one more to close off the end of the year. It is going to be look back on labor market, economy, state of the job market. It's going to be an overview as to the macro of 2023. That is part four uh, of the look back series. We're back next week uh, on the 22nd of December, final one of the year. 2 p.m. If you've enjoyed this show, make sure you follow the channel. That's where you get notified whenever we go live. Uh, do follow my LinkedIn as well. I'm trying to post uh, these videos everywhere. I'm on LinkedIn. Can't connect, obviously, because I've hit the, the limit, but you can follow the page, um, and then you'll basically be notified when I go live with these types of conversations. Um, okay, that's about it. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for watching.